Because, yeah, I mean, nobody believed that Jesus was able to, to rise again. But it's funny that all of these guys that they think Jesus is, the multitudes, were all dead. John the Baptist was dead by this point. Elijah was definitely dead. It was centuries after that. And same with the old prophets. I mean, they were hundreds of years before Jesus. And so, yeah, these guys are all dead. But Jesus is alive. And even after he's uh, raised from the dead, people can't believe that he was alive. He was able to raise from the dead. It's funny. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Who's ready to delve into the Bible this morning? I definitely am. Anyway, hi, my name is Jen. I am the host of the P40 Ministries podcast, soon to be the Bible Explained podcast. And so today is Thursday. And for those of you who are new on the podcast, I actually do a New Testament episode on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then I do an Old Testament episode on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. It's just a fun way to kind of break it up break up the Bible and to talk about it and uh, delve into it a little deeper. And so that's the way I do it. And then it gives you guys um, a little, I guess, interesting. I wouldn't I don't know if it's a break, but like an interesting break in the week from the Old Testament to the New Testament and then back and forth and back and forth. So, yeah, that's the way I do it. So since today is Thursday, we're going to be talking about Luke. So we are in Luke chapter nine today, verses 10 through 21. We talked about the first part of verse 10 on Tuesday, and now we're talking about the second part of verse 10. So I guess we're starting at 10B. (laughs) 10B. Okay, so grab your Bible and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea or whatever you like to drink in the morning, and let's go ahead and read. He took them and withdrew apart to a desert region of a city called Bethsaida. But the multitudes perceiving it followed him. He welcomed them, spoke to them of God's kingdom, and cured those who needed healing. The day began to wear away, and the twelve came in and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding villages and farms and lodge and get food, for we here are in a deserted place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we should go and buy food for all these people. For they were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50 each. They did so and made them all sit down. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to the sky, he blessed them, broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. They ate and were all filled. They gathered up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. As he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the multitude say that I am? And they answered, 
John the baptizer, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the old prophets has risen again. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. But he warned them and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised up. So what we talked about on Tuesday was Jesus sent out his 12 disciples into all the different regions all around um, Israel, I would guess. And so they had to go and teach and heal people and cast out demons and just do whatever they were supposed to be doing. And we don't know how long this took. It could have been several months. It probably was several months that Jesus was alone doing his own ministry and his disciples went out and did their thing. So now the disciples all came back and told Jesus all the stuff that they did because they did, in fact, heal people and cast out demons and just do all sorts of crazy stuff that the ordinary person wouldn't be able to do. And so um, they're, they're celebrating with Jesus and talking to him about it. So Jesus takes the 12 disciples and brings them to a deserted area of Bethsaida. And he probably did this, honestly, to take a vacation with his disciples. If you listen to my previous episodes about the feeding of the 5,000 people, that is something I did mention, was that Jesus was probably trying to just get away and like hang out with his disciples for a little bit. So yeah, they go camping and they go to like a wilderness area to go camp there. And Jesus and his disciples, it seems like they do a lot of camping. And so <laughs> they're always like traveling around just to like random places and yeah, they pro- yeah, they probably just camped all the time. So they go to this place called Bethsaida, but the multitudes heard about it somehow. So it, the multitudes just found out that Jesus was going to a deserted area. So Jesus gets there and then all of a sudden he looks and then there's this multitude everywhere. <laughs> or maybe people just started showing up one by one by one. And it says that he actually had compassion on them. I think uh, Matthew stated that Jesus had compassion on the multitudes as if they were lost sheep without a shepherd. And so he, he, he just had compassion on them. But Luke says that Jesus welcomed them. So even though Jesus's original intention was actually to get away from the multitudes and spend some quality time with his friends, that didn't end up happening. Instead, he ended up welcoming the multitudes to him. And I don't know if the disciples were happy about this or not. They could have been like kind of frustrated. They could have been like, oh man, like we just, you know, got away from all this and now here they are again. <laughs> and maybe that that's, I don't know, that's probably pretty accurate actually as to what happened on the disciples side. I know I would feel that way. Like sometimes I just don't want to be near people. I've been feeling more and more introverted recently. <laughs> I'm definitely an extrovert. I've, I think I've always been an extrovert. But like recently, these like past couple of weeks, I don't know. I, I think I just need some rest or something because I've been uh, I've been kind of like keeping to myself and not uh, doing as much stuff. But yeah, I mean, we all need a break. We all need rest. And I'm sure the disciples felt the same way. And we're probably like, oh, man, like here, here we go again with the multitudes. But Jesus welcomes them. He's compassionate towards them. He's friendly towards them. But then it says that during the entire long day, so this this was a long day that happened, right? Because 
they probably are coming in the morning, the multitudes, and just staying and staying and staying. So evening rolls around. Jesus was healing people. He was teaching. He was doing all sorts of stuff. So now the disciples are basically like, Jesus, send these crowds away. It's getting late. You know, they need their rest. They need to go and eat. Otherwise, they're going to get sick because they haven't eaten all day. And so the, the disciples, even though possibly they may have wanted the multitude's gone to just like relax. Their primary concern, it sounds like, really was for the multitudes in the sense of they didn't want the multitudes to get sick because nobody had eaten. And it's probably, it's possible the disciples were very hungry themselves as well because they also did not have a lot of food. So Jesus says to the disciples, he says, you give them something to eat. And the one question I actually had about that today was, why would Jesus tell the disciples to give the multitude something to eat if he knew the disciples had nothing to give the multitudes and also if he knew that he was going to feed the multitudes anyway, why would Jesus ask this question? Why would he tell his disciples to give them something to eat? And so I, I thought about that while I was uh, researching this topic for today. And what my conclusion was for that is that not only was he calling his disciples to faith and to, uh, you know, compassion for the multitudes, maybe, but he was also kind of showing the disciples how weak they really are, in a sense. And, and I wonder if it's because, you know, these disciples just got back from a long journey of healing and doing all this stuff. And I wonder if Jesus was almost showing them, like, your power comes from God alone. And, and making the disciples kind of think about that because they, I mean, this was an impossible miracle that Jesus was about to do. It was, it was absolutely impossible. Who could think that somebody could, you know, multiply one loaf of bread into a million loaves of bread? Like, we don't think that somebody can do that. And so the disciples didn't have anything to give to the multitudes and Jesus, I think, was kind of making the point of, even though I have given you authority, I am the authority. Because here's what happens next. It says, they say to Jesus, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless should we go and buy food for all these people? For they were about 5,000 men. So we know that 5,000 men approximately were there, not to mention women and children. So this could have been upwards of 10,000 people that Jesus was going to feed. And so um, Jesus doesn't answer his disciples. (laughs) They're just like, what, do you want us to go buy food, Jesus? Like, what do you want us to do? And Jesus doesn't answer. And so instead he says to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of about 50 each. So the disciples do, and he made them all sit down. And so Jesus took the five loaves, the two fish, and he looked up to the sky and he blessed them. So then he starts breaking the bread apart after he he prays over the bread. And somehow more and more bread just start, starts appearing. And so Jesus is breaking the bread and giving it to the disciples to feed to the multitudes. And so he's he's multiplying these loaves and these fish so much that the people are able to get them and eat them and be filled. So I think really like one of... The ways we can look at this story is by seeing how Jesus works and also seeing how the disciples work. 
Jesus was the one with the authority, completely the one with the authority. The disciples, yeah, they had some authority, but they were not able to do this miracle. They were just not able to do it. Jesus was the one who was able to do this miracle. And so Jesus does it. And it's also kind of cool that Jesus calls himself the bread of life. Like he's the bread of life. He's the one that's going to satisfy us. Like think about that term, bread of life. Like bread is very satisfying. It really is. I, I actually had a um, I had a buffalo chicken dip thing last night. And it was like in a, a bowl, like a bread bowl. Oh, so good. And like, I didn't even want the chips that came with it. I'm just like, give me that bread. Like, <laughs> and I'm not a bread person. Like normally I don't really want the bread, but oh my goodness, that bread was so good. And I got so full after just like a few bites of this bread with the buffalo chicken dip all over it. And oh my goodness, it was delicious. But I mean, Jesus is the bread of life. He satisfies our lives. And so he is producing this bread for his disciples to give to the people. And that's how God works. And that's how the disciples work. And that's how you and I work. You know, God provides, God gives, God has all the authority. He provides. And we are the ones that can distribute that throughout the crowds. What God provides, we distribute. That's kind of that's how God works. And that's what Jesus basically told us to do is to preach the gospel to every creature. So we are supposed to live it out. We're supposed to preach it. We're supposed to, you know, take the ideas that God gives us and do them and do them well and live out our lives in a godly way that reflects God. And so it's almost like an action thing that Jesus is doing here. Like, look, like I have the bread. I have the miracles. I have the authority. I have all of it. Now you disciples go distribute it to the people. And to, that's just so cool to me. Like that that's so cool because it just shows the difference between God and us and how Jesus works and how we are supposed to work. You know, Jesus provides and we distribute. Like that that's just the best way I can I can put it. But anyway, it says that um after all this, Jesus does, in fact, send out the multitudes. You know, he sends them away. They're all filled with food and they're all happy and ready to go. And not only were they filled with food, it says that all of them were filled with food. So thousands of people were able to eat to their fill from five loaves and two fish. And there were 12 baskets of food left over. I've said this multiple times now, one basket for each disciple to take home. So, yeah, I mean, that just shows the greatness of uh, of Jesus's miracle that was done here. It's just incredible. It's so incredible, you know, how, how Jesus did that. So after this, it says Jesus was praying alone and the disciples were with him and he asked them, who do the multitudes say that I am? Other versions of the Bible actually say that the disciples either interrupted him or joined him or something like that. Um, I don't know if they prayed with Jesus or not. I have no clue. But anyway, Jesus was praying alone. And so the disciples were with him and he asked them, who do the multitudes say that I am? And so, of course, everything Jesus does, he's doing to uh, make the disciples think. And this is a fantastic coaching uh, lesson, by the way. Always ask questions. If you want to become like a life coach or a coach of any kind, the best way to get people to um, think 
is to ask them questions. And Jesus is always asking questions. Isn't that cool? Like Jesus, he's like the ultimate life coach. But anyways, I mean, he technically is. Yeah, he's the ultimate life coach. But anyway, Jesus is always asking questions. And so he asks a question to his disciples. Who do the multitudes say that I am? So they answer John the baptizer, but others say Elijah and others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. So they think Jesus is great. They think uh, of him as somebody really fantastic, like John the Baptist that rose from the dead, or, you know, Elijah, which was one of the great prophets who we haven't talked about yet, or one of the other old prophets. They think that no matter what, Jesus was somebody who came back from the dead, (laughs) which I find that really interesting. I find that really interesting that they, they could believe that Jesus was able to come back from the dead before he died. But then after he died, no way. Jesus can't come back from the dead. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, nobody believed that Jesus was able to to rise again. But it's funny that all of these guys that they think Jesus is, the multitudes, were all dead. John the Baptist was dead by this point. Elijah was definitely dead. It was centuries after that. And same with the old prophets. I mean, they were hundreds of years before Jesus. And so, yeah, these guys are all dead, but Jesus is alive. And even after he's uh, raised from the dead, people can't believe that he was alive. He was able to raise from the dead. It's funny. But anyway, so he says to them, who do you say that I am? So another question. And Peter answers the Christ of God. So Peter specifically, and I think that's called out in every single gospel so far that we've seen this in, Peter specifically says, you are the Christ of God. So Peter was starting to understand. He was starting to get it. I don't know if the other disciples were, maybe some of them were, maybe some weren't, but Peter specifically was starting to understand that Jesus was not just some man. He wasn't just some prophet. He wasn't just some great teacher. He was God's son. He was God in human flesh. And so Peter was starting to understand that. And so that's how he answers Jesus. You are the Christ of God. You are the Messiah. And so Jesus warns the disciples and actually commands them to tell this to no one. And I think there's other uh, versions that mention that Jesus tells the disciples not to tell anybody about this yet until after uh, everything happens, because the son of man must suffer many things. This is verse 22 and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, scribes and be killed and the third day be raised up. So actually, it makes a lot of sense that Jesus did not want his disciples to spread around that he was the Messiah yet until after he was raised from the dead. Because can you imagine if people started believing that Jesus was the Messiah before all of this happened, their faith would be gone like that. You know, like, I mean, because think about how the people uh, thought the Messiah was going to be. Think about what they thought. They thought the Messiah was going to be this like great king who came in on his white horse, overthrew all these government powers and made Jerusalem a lasting jewel forever. Like that's truly what they believed. That that's what they thought. And I believe actually a lot of them still think that. And uh, I mean, imagine if, you know, the disciples were going around saying Jesus is God's son. He's he's the Messiah. He is God in human flesh. Can you imagine when Jesus goes and dies and the people, their faith would be gone. And I can say the same thing about me. I mean, my faith honestly would be gone at that point. 
And honestly, I know that, which is sad, but I, I do know that. Like my, my faith would be gone at that point that Jesus could have been the Messiah because what Messiah could die? What, what son of God could die? Like, how could that happen? But, you know, Jesus tells the disciples to keep this quiet until after he is risen from the dead. And I truly believe that was for the benefit of all the multitudes, for them to know that Jesus was the Messiah after he was risen from the dead. Because that's what ends up happening. The disciples go out after Jesus was risen from the dead. They go out and they start preaching. They start preaching and telling people, Jesus is the Messiah. And look what happened. He was dead, but now he's gone. He's risen. He's ascended up into heaven. So yeah, he's definitely the Messiah. And the people started believing at that point. Instead, in fact, the early church was strong and big. The early church before Paul uh, was, was huge. And yeah, I mean, people were coming to the faith in droves after Jesus rose from the dead. So yeah, that's why I believe personally why Jesus kind of kept it a little hush-hush that he was the Messiah until after he was risen from the dead. And that's when he told his disciples to go out and to preach the gospel to every creature. Well, today we talked about uh, Luke chapter 9, and we talked about the feeding of the 5,000. And we also talked about uh, Jesus being the Messiah and why he kept that on the DL until after he was risen from the dead. So guys, join in tomorrow for an episode out of Leviticus because we are really, really close to finishing out Leviticus. In fact, I think the last Friday of May is going to be um, our last episode out of Leviticus. We're going to be done with Leviticus and moving into the book of Numbers. And I'm going to have a special t-shirt for everybody in the t-shirt shop uh, to celebrate moving into the season four of the P40 Ministries podcast, celebrate um, going through the entire book of Leviticus, and also celebrate the name change. So that's going to be available next week in the t-shirt shop. And when that is available, I'll let you guys know, and I'll drop a link, of course, like I always do. All right, friends and faithful listeners, well, thanks for tuning into this episode, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Happy listening, and God bless.